Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Today, I am chatting with Nicole Grace, creator of Cultivate Wellness, a mindfulness-based workplace and community wellness program. Thank you so much for being here with me today on Making Fit Work. I'm so excited to have you as one of my guests. I am so thrilled to be here and honored, really, that you asked me. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so before we get into the deep dive stuff that I want to talk about, some like mindset obstacles, give everyone listening a little bit of a download on you. And then I will kind of tell them about our little history together. Yeah, well, how much time do you have? No, just kidding. (laughs) So I've been in the health and fitness industry really for, hold on, hold on to your seats, 25 years. So I have been a fitness instructor for, you know, over 25 years and really kind of stuck with it. No matter what career I was doing kind of full time, I was always in the fitness industry part-time, you know, from minute one, love group fitness and being involved in the fitness world. So, you know, Nina, I know you had mentioned on another podcast that you were never an athlete in high school and I wasn't either and always felt like I wanted something and I wanted to be able to move and feel healthy. So at 15, working at the YMCA in Manchester, New Hampshire, working at an after-school childcare program, I started taking classes. And back then it was like true step classes. So from minute one, (laughs) I was hooked. I just loved the music. I loved the vibe. I loved the people, being around people. Uh, It motivated me to keep going back. And just really from then on, found fitness was my way of being an athlete. That's awesome. So that's how I kind of found fitness. As I evolved and went to college, fitness was still always a part of that, even in college. On the side, I majored in child and family studies, health and human services. So again, always been interested in the health and kind of psychology of people. And from there, I kind of went into the corporate world for a while because leaving college, you don't have a lot of money in your pocket. So you need to, (laughs) you need to make money. And when I graduated college, it was a huge tech boom. So I was able to get a really lucrative job that really paid the bills and was still able to have fitness on the side. But then I kind of wanted to take it to the next level. So I got certified. I was probably 25 now at that point where I got certified to teach classes. And man, did I love that. I loved being able to motivate people, really being involved in their, you know, their process and seeing them get stronger and just loved everything about it. So I have not stopped teaching (laughs) since I was 25, no matter what. That's awesome. Yeah. No matter what career kind of I fell into. I love that. From there on, I got married, had kids, stayed in the corporate world. That's when Nina and I met right before I had children. We met at Ashford Island Blood Center, right? Yeah. I'm going to jump in with our little bit of history because that's actually something I don't think I knew about you, that you weren't an athlete Mm -mm. and that you started working at the Y. And we always joke about how I'm like your mini. (laughs) (laughs) You are. You you were like your 10-year below me version. Not below me, but 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, you know what you mean. And it's totally true, right? So like, I wasn't an athlete. And I started going to a gym when I was 15 years old. And I fell in love with group fitness. Nicole, I'm not sure how we are so much alike. No, it's very funny. You got into the corporate world, you know, know. basically, you know, we worked together and you just evolved. It was so great. And I don't know if I actually told you that you are the one who kind of inspired me and motivated me to start off on the group fitness track. Because I remember... Our cubicles were side by side. (laughs) And I remember you one day coming in and I don't know, I think you had said you had like subbed a class for somebody and you just like burst in and you had all this energy and you're like, oh, running late, just taught a class. And I was like, you just taught a group fitness class? I was so shocked that you woke up that early to do that, first of all. (laughs) Right, exactly. I was like, how do you do that? How cool is that? How did you get certified? And I remember from there, you like told me which organization you went through. And then I started doing the research and I was like, man, I could do that like on the side. So thank you for that. 
Oh, wow. I love hearing that. I love hearing yeah. that. That is so great. And I do, you know, it does. The energy that you create by teaching classes is just it's shareable, addictive. I don't know what you want to yeah. call it, but it's like you feel it when you leave, you spread it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I only entered into the fitness world full time because I was teaching classes part time on the side. And then I got laid off. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? 2000, whenever that recession was, 2008, yeah. maybe 2007. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never been jobless before in my life. And then I just from there decided to make that transition full time. So if I hadn't been doing the group fitness thing, I mean, right. there you go. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> It does. And I really feel like, you know, you know, just as you're to say you're transitioning in careers and such that having that fitness background and health and fitness background, like, you know, you have to research it. You have to stay on top of your certifications. You have right. to really keep relevant. You have to keep, you know, attuned to the what's new and what's next. And it really helped me kind of uh, transition into all the other careers that I've, you know, morphed into because it really is a great foundation to anything health related. Yeah. Right. Anything health and wellness related. Yeah, that's actually a great bridge. So we reconnected again because I reached out to you and noticed you had made a transition to life coaching mm -hmm. because obviously fitness, health, wellness, all that stuff, life coaching. It's a natural transition. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit now because right now you are the creator of Cultivate Wellness, which is a corporate mindful-based workplace community wellness program, right? Right. Mindfulness-based workplace and community wellness program. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I had those lovely children of mine who are now teenagers. So <laughs> they, they don't need me as much, thank goodness. And, you know, it's interesting now that I'm able to really kind of dive into what I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I've always been fascinated with brain science. I've always been fascinated with how human behavior works and why people do what they do and what motivates people. And I think in the fitness world, you need to know those things, right? In general. Absolutely. So I went deep dive into the whole world of coaching because I kind of wanted to go back to school to be a therapist or work in social work. And as I was researching that, I came across coaching, professional coaching. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is way more in my stream of what my values are, what my beliefs are, right? I don't want to talk mm -hmm. about the past all day long. I don't want to talk about something that's already happened and trying to like nitpick on, oh, maybe this is why you are like this today. Like that's not kind of mm -hmm. where I want to be. And life coaching isn't about that. Any kind of coaching is forward motion. Where do you want to be? What do you need to do to get there? That to me aligns so much more with who I am and what my beliefs are. And I think is so helpful mm -hmm. for people to find your blocks, find out what's holding you back. And you're able to, you know, move forward instead of staying stuck in the same place. And I think that's the difference between coaching and therapy. So that's how I kind of came to life coaching. I just want to say that, like, I know when I reached out to you about life coaching, it was very much on like the professional side of things for me. But since then, I've taken so many of those nuggets Mm. and applied it to the fitness aspect of my life, not just personally, but even for my clients, right? Because like, it really does just go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And like, the more I think you probably feel this way, too, the more you learn about mindset stuff, the more you realize there's a couple of things that hold people back from achieving health and fitness goals, right? Like some of it is knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Like you just don't know what you don't know. And not everybody is meant to know all things sure. nutrition and fitness. And the other set is mindset, mm -hmm. right? That's a huge part. A very big part of it. And it's very easy. And I think we were talking offline a little bit about very easy to say mindset is everything. You need to like push forward. You need to like move forward. But like how? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, we know that mindset obstacles are getting in the way for us and holding us back whether it's professional goals, personal lifestyle goals, fitness, health, but like how, mm -hmm. how do we push past these mindset obstacles? So you were the first person that came to my mind when I thought like, okay, I really want to do an episode on maybe just some of the top three biggest mindset obstacles that people see, you know, and give them some actual tips, resources, tools, exercises that they can do to not just recognize that those things are getting in the way for them. But like, literally, how do we get past them? How do we move forward? Yeah. And 
I think whether, you know, we're focused on corporate workplace or personal goals, mm -hmm. those things, they, they're just all one, right? Wouldn't you agree? You're a whole body. You're not just a mind. You're not just a body. Right. You're not just physical. You're not just mental. Right. You know, I like to focus on the total well-being, right, of a client. You know, I don't like to focus 100% on the exercise piece because what if they're not a big exerciser, right? But they still can be healthy in different ways. Totally. There's, you got to think about not just one piece of you. Mind-body connection is, for me, after I've learned more about mind-body connection, is so amazingly accurate that your mind and body work in tandem. When you have a stomachache, you're nervous, you feel in your stomach. Right. When you're excited about something, you feel it in your stomach or you feel it in your hands. And when you're stressed, you feel it in your shoulders, you feel it in your face, right? Oh, true. It's very much a connection. And that's where I found like my coaching fascination was that everything's connected. And, you know, just to kind of circle back to how, where coaching's evolved for me, I actually worked for an organization called Center for Resilience, where we taught mindfulness-based social emotional learning to children and workplace and community. So mindfulness became, you know, you talk about an aha moment. I'm like, ah. Oh, Yes, mindfulness, like to be able to, you know, live in the moment and live in the present and, you know, be able to use the tools that someone gives you because you can notice in the moment that you're feeling stressed. Oh, wait, my neck. Oh, my neck. Oh, I need to drop my shoulders. I need to release my jaw. Right. So that's self-awareness. You need to be aware that you're doing those things before you can move forward. And what you're saying about mindset is very much that, right? Yeah. The big, you know, you talk about the top three things that I hear a lot. One of them is you know, really self-awareness. Are you aware that you feel unwell? Yeah. Right. Are you aware that you want to be healthy or that you are unhealthy? Right. Right. I mean, you have to be aware that you are not feeling your greatest. Right. And it's not about how your pants fit or how, you know, how much the scale tells you. It's really like, how do you feel? And once you recognize how you feel, then what? Right. What do you want to do then? Like, let's dive down even deeper to that. So when you say, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you? Because for right. me, the words that come to my mind when I try to say to clients, like, I want you to tell me how you feel after these workouts. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will come back immediately and go, I feel good. I feel a little sore, but not too bad. And I'm like, no, that's not what I mean. Right? Right. So, like Physical, 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 physical. Yes. I want to hear about that. Obviously, my goal as a coach is never to plan a workout that makes people feel like they can't walk. Right? So yes, I right. do want to know about that. But what I really mean, and I would love to hear what you really mean when you talk with your clients is what's your energy like? Mm -hmm. What's your stress level like? Are you feeling tired? Do you have a headache? You know, like that's typically what I'm talking about when I say, how do you feel? Right. And I think a lot of that too, Nina, when you say, how do you feel? And you want to know mentally how they feel like after a workout, I actually tell, and I think I may have done this with you or I do with a lot of clients is, okay, so when, let's just say that you went for your first run, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like I felt like I was outside and I feel really refreshed and I feel great. Write that down, write that stuff on a piece of paper, stick it on your mirror. Right. Because the next time you're going to want to go run, you may be tired, you may be busy, you may have a million other excuses that could get in your way of going for that run or doing whatever walk, whatever you're going to do. But if you look at that sticky note, it's like, yeah, you know, I really did feel pretty good after that. I felt actually, I felt even more energetic than I do now. So maybe I'll try and do that and see how, you know, works this time. Right. Right. So that's the awareness. Right. I love that. So I was just saying, so that's number one is being like self aware. Yep. Self-aware. Stopping and pausing. Right. Right. I say this a lot to people like stop and do a full body check. Right. Head to toe. Not even just because you want to see how you feel physically, but a lot of that's a clue to how you mentally are feeling. Right. So, you know, I do a lot of, you know, meditation or breathing work with some of my clients or I do it myself all the time where I'm just like, okay, where am I feeling my tension right now and why? Because when you stop and think that gives you the time to assess how you're feeling. And then do you need a hard workout or can you pull back and maybe go for a walk or maybe do a section of a workout, right? Yeah. And not push yourself past a place of, I don't want to say comfort because being uncomfortable is where growth happens sometimes, right? But right. to push yourself on a day that your body needs rest, right? But I think it's important that clients understand the difference between oh, I'm feeling kind of tired and like, 
I need rest, right? Right. There's different. Right. Absolutely. So feeling kind of tired and you look at your sticky note that says, I felt more energized after I ran. Well, maybe trying a run or going for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever is what you need, you know, is all you need to do to get that energy back up. I always feel more energized after a workout, right? Nine times out of 10, right? Absolutely. And if I don't, then I need to kind of check in with myself and figure out why, right? What's going on with me? Am I getting sick? Do I need rest? I'm a huge believer in rest. I think everyone needs mental and physical rest, you know, but you have to know you need it. That's the mindset piece, right? That's the self-awareness piece. You have to know you need it and you have to stop and think and pause before you realize that you do need it. And I feel like, and I don't know if you see this with clients, now that you're saying it, I feel like there's this weird guilt about wanting rest or feeling like you need rest, right? Do you feel that? Well, I think, and this is where I've worked a lot with women in general, especially corporate women, that they, you know, I think that being busy, (laughs) and especially as moms out there, if you're a mom out there, being busy is seen as a token of strength or you get some prize for being the busiest, or you get, you know, we have this society now expectation that busy is successful. Yeah, it's not true. No, it's not true. And it's actually really hurtful and unhelpful to be busy all the time. I've actually taken the word busy out of so many of my conversations, because it really kind of, we're all busy. There's no prize for the busiest person, right? Yes. I'd like to explore that. Like, what is so fabulous about running around like a chicken with no head, right? Like, there's nothing fabulous about it. Yeah. We run ourselves ragged and then we get exhausted, right? Like, again, there's no prize for the busiest. And I refuse to like, hey, how you doing? I'm really busy. How many times do you answer a question with that? I've been so busy. Okay. Yep. We're all busy. It's funny. People ask me like, how are things going with your business? And I'm like, good, busy. Mm -hmm. Why do I say that? Like, why is that the determination for? That's a code of honor that people expect you to be successful. You need to be busy. I'm going to stop saying that, Nicole. I don't like it. I need need a different word. I'm going to say, what should I say? Productive? (laughs) I'm happy. Things are progressing. Things are moving along. Like, I love what I'm doing. Yes, I love that. You know, again, it's just a shift in thinking, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes it turns when someone says, oh, you haven't texted you back because I've been so busy. Well, kind of like hurts my feelings sometimes because I'm like, you're just choosing not to do that. You're just using busy as an excuse, right? So that's another thing. Busyness like kind of, it has a negative connotation to it. Like, oh, you're too busy to say hi on a text. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm taking that word out of my repertoire. Ah, I love that. (laughs) Good, good stuff. Okay. Stop and pause, kind of the self-awareness. Yep. What would you say is like the second biggest thing that you see? So limiting beliefs, right? Beliefs are things that we think about ourselves that limit us, right? So for example, I'm not strong enough to do that class. There's no way I can get through that class. Not strong enough. I'm not a runner. I'm just, I don't run. I'm not a runner, right? I can't fit in exercise. Like I don't have time. I don't have time. I can't do it right? These are all limiting beliefs that you have created for yourself that only hold you back, right? So, you know, one of them I heard over the pandemic, well, I can't work out at home. Yeah. Like I don't work out at home. I, it doesn't really work for me. Hmm. Okay. Can't or won't. Right. Right. So you've created this limiting belief that I don't work out at home or I don't work out at a gym or I don't do this, right? So you are holding yourself back from what is not working rather than thinking about what could be working. So we talked about, you know, what, when you say like, I'm not strong enough, what my suggestion is and what I always kind of ask, you know, ask people to think about is to say yet after every statement, right? Uh, I like that. Yeah. I'm not strong enough yet. Right. But if I keep working towards this goal of whatever it is that you're working towards, the yet will be, you are that person now, right? I am not an exercise person yet. I am not a runner yet. My 15-year-old started field hockey and she had to start training this summer. And it was a pretty intense training regimen for her to, you know, to take on from not being, you know, she's a dancer, right? To going to sprinting and to running and to running long distance. And she was, I mean, the negative mindset and, you know, here's me, her mother, (laughs) teaches this right it was a living and she you know your kids don't listen to you I get it but I'm like honey you're just not a runner yet yeah you're just not there yet I said 
remember this feeling. Remember the feeling of how hard you were struggling today. And let's, and I brought it up the other day. I said, it's been three months. I said, now, how do you feel? She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so much better. I don't even breathe hard anymore. I'm like, yes, because you weren't there yet. You have to start somewhere. Right. So that's the limiting belief is huge. It's in our minds, just a brain science piece. We are wired for negative bias. So what that means is we are wired to think things negatively, right? Ah, that's so disappointing. I know it is because think about like, you know, if you think about our brain and how it's developed over millions of years back in the day when there was, you know, saber tooth tigers and, you know, things that could kill you when you walk out of your cave or whatever, right? Right. And your brain was trying to keep you safe. So your brain keeping you safe is like, you want to think of all the bad things that could happen right? because that's going to keep you safe. But the problem is our brain hasn't evolved fast enough for our society we live in now that we don't. We're not worried about a saber-toothed tiger coming out and jumping at us, but the wiring is still there. The cool part, Nina, which, you know, I love, I'm a brain science geek right now. I'm actually taking a neuroscience class. I love it. Is that neuroplasticity is real. You are able to change your brain. You're able to rewire the way your brain thinks. So when you talk about mindset, And always telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't look like that person. I can't do it. You're training your brain to immediately go to those things. Right. Where you can flip the switch, flip the switch. Even if you just use the word yet, you're training your brain to look at it from a different perspective than just the negative bias, like all things bad. Yeah. I love that. I'm not there yet. I'm not whatever. I'm not a... CEO yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Even on the professional aspect of your life, right? Like, I really love that because I, I'm right there with you. I feel like I'm learning more about positive psychology mm-hmm. and really like how that stuff is helping us not just accomplish health and fitness goals, but live a healthier lifestyle, right? Like I know in my earlier days of the total well-being. Yeah, exactly. Total well-being. And I know my earlier days in fitness, it was all about like the training and then it became training and nutrition. And now I feel like I focus on training, nutrition and mindset because it really is about like not just getting whatever the goals are, right? Not just weight loss or muscle tone or all that stuff, but like how do we get there and stay there for the long term? And the only way to do that is change your belief system about yourself, right? right? To change your mindset. Yeah. Beliefs about yourself, belief about your environment, belief about your obstacles, right? Everything is belief and mindset based. And, you know, they're finding more and more with weight loss, especially and just, you know, healthy lifestyles that your mind plays a major role in that. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Your body follows what your mind tells it to do. (laughs) So your mind has to be in the right place for you to be successful. You have to get there first. And, you know, like you say, there's a lot of ways to make those changes of your mindset. And that positive psychology is, is really, it's a big part of your success. So would you recommend if someone is sets out a goal for themselves, whether it's like professionally, personally, health and fitness related, yeah. would you recommend them like writing mm. down or just saying out loud? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not a runner yet, or I'm not whatever it is yet. So, you know, or does it matter? It does matter. And it matters to the individual, right? I think everyone's different. And I don't think there's one way to do things correctly or not correctly. That's a big part of coaching is coaches believe that you have everything you need to be successful already in you, that I'm just asking the questions for you to hear yourself say, oh, wait. And for me to ask, no, Nina, was that limiting belief that you just said? Was that something that's holding you back? Or is that a true statement? Right. And nine times out of 10, you're like, well, that's not true. It's just something I believe. Yeah. So Every individual is different. And that's my job is to ask the right questions so that you can find out what you need to do to get to that goal or that, you know, whatever you're trying to reach in your life, right? Whether it be professional, personal, or health related, what do you need to get there? And then even as important as that, and it could be writing it down, it could be journaling, it could be telling a friend. And this is where the next thing comes in is accountability. Uh, Who is holding you accountable for doing the things you say you want to do? Now, if it's just you, right, it's probably not going to be as successful as having something or someone else holding you accountable. Right. So 
if you, you have a workout buddy or you have, you know, like for me as a coach, when I say, okay, you say to me, I'm going to do A, B, and C by, you know, next week. Awesome. How are you going to get that done? What could get in your way of getting that done? Right. So we're trying to remove all the obstacles that are in your way of getting the things that you want to get done, done. And then when you meet the next time, you're like, so did you do the things you did? Yes, I did A, B, but I couldn't do C. Well, why not? Right. What happened? What got in your way? Right. So again, you're chipping away at the obstacles. So I like that between accountability and obstacles. I think that sometimes, and what would you say to the client who is kind of, whether it's professionally or like I said, personally, saying uh, it was just a crazy week. You hear that all the time? All the time. It was a crazy week. My week got away from me. And hey, Nicole, I've used it. Yeah, of course. We all have crazy weeks. This is by no means like calling out or picking on anybody because mm-hmm. we've all said it Absolutely. at some point in time. I think the point mm-hmm. of talking through this is just to be more self-aware of when we do that and like learn some tools to help us like get out of that. It's been a crazy week mindset. Like, So my question, first off, what made the week so crazy? Yeah. Let's break down what it is that made this week so crazy. Right. Was it your kid's schedule? Was it your schedule? Was it your energy level? Was it, I mean, it could be a million things that made this week crazy. Did things pop up like, you know, family emergency? You know, these are all things. Guess what? It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when life gets busy. Yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when things go awry. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. and I say this to when I taught the students, I'm like, it's not if, it's when. You know, you got to know and set yourself up for or have something in place where you, when things get crazy, that you're still able to do the things that make you feel less crazy. Yes. Right. Is it exercise? Is it sitting down for 10 minutes? You, If you can't find 10 minutes in your day to sit and reflect or think or just breathe, then you need three hours. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we can all stop scrolling for 10 minutes. Right. Now that's where I kind of asked, like, where did your energy go? Did it go to, you know, Facebook? Did it go to wherever it went? Like trying to find out where your holes are so that you know when things get busy that you're not going to keep falling into that same hole. So we all have holes. My hole and one of my holes is every time I leave my office and go up to the kitchen, I open the pantry door. I'm not hungry. I'm not really hungry, but it's like I'm on autopilot and I'm going to open the pantry door. What's good in here? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nicole. In there? <laughs> you know, not hungry. You're right. But it's a hole. I know that. So I need to prepare for that ahead of time. Before I leave my desk, I say to myself, you're not hungry. You're just going to get a glass of water. Right? right? So don't go to right. the pantry. The same thing can be put in any part of your life where it's not a matter of if it's when your life gets busy. It's not a matter of if or when your life gets crazy. It's going to. We There are unexpected things that happen all the time. All the time. But if you have processes in place where you know where your holes are and where you tend to falter because of self-awareness and because you're being mindful, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can really kind of notice when you're falling off the wagon or falling off. You're not using the tools that make you feel better or make you feel more productive or make your day a little easier, right? Maybe you wake up 10 minutes earlier. That may sound terrible to someone. Yeah. But that 10 minutes may be, you know, the difference between jumping into your day head first or tiptoeing into your day where you can manage things a little more easily. But I also want to bring that because that's a great example. I have a lot of people who will say like, I'm just not a morning person. And I totally get that. Not everybody is, mm-hmm. right? Yet. 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 Yes. You're not a morning person. Yet. You're right. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You're right. You're not a morning person yet. So how can you make yourself a morning person? For me, the idea is not make yourself a morning person by setting your alarm earlier. Like you need to backtrack, right? Like you need to go back to why you're not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Well, because you go to bed at 1130 p.m. Or because you have dinner late, you kind of have to go back and look at the day and the obstacles that are stopping you from being a morning person. Absolutely. You're right. If you go to bed at midnight, of course you can't be a morning person. You're right. But can I peel back one more layer of that, Nina? Yeah, go ahead. Who told you you're not a morning person? I don't know. Good question. (laughs) (laughs) How did you decide you're not a morning person? Right. 
this is what I'm talking about limiting beliefs. Right. And also, you know, the other thing that we talk a lot about is assumptions. Like you assume things about yourself that are based on the past. So when you make an assumption about yourself, you say, I am not a morning person because you're thinking about college when you went to bed at two in the morning, or you're thinking about kids waking you up half the night because they're babies and they need you or, you know, whatever it is, you're taking that past and bringing it to the present where maybe now you're a morning person or morning-ish person or something that, you know, so don't hold yourself back there. Like you can choose to be a morning person. Some people don't enjoy mornings. That's sometimes biological. That's fine. We all have different parts of our day that are more productive than others. But right. by saying like a big label, I am not a morning person, you might be just telling yourself a story there, right? Right. What makes you not a morning person? And again, you talked about the obstacles of what you're doing all day. Right. Right. Are you getting to bed at a decent hour? Is it, you know, some people are like, well, I can't. I have all the stuff to do. I can't. I love the can't word. <laughs> right. I can't get into bed. What would you say to someone who you do feel like you notice is using that word a lot in their vocabulary for reasons that they're unable to achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve? Yeah, that's a negative bias, right? That's their mind going right. to, I can't, I, I should, I, I can't do it. I won't, you know, and I always ask a limiting belief. Yeah. that is it a can or is it a won't? Right. Is it something you truly physically can't do? Like you can't physically do something? Or is it that you just are creating this belief that you can't do it? Yeah. And I'd also love to add that I think it's okay to recognize that you won't do it and be okay with that. Like if this is truly something you don't want to do, it's okay. Maybe it truly isn't a priority in your life right now. But instead of saying, I can't do it, maybe say something like, this is not a priority in my life right now. I'm choosing not. I'm choosing not to do it. And being honest about that, I think is really important, you know, as far as mindset goes, being honest on what you're choosing to do and choosing not to do sometimes is really about what you like or dislike, right? And especially in, you know, fitness, I, there's this class at my gym called Dance Jam and man, they look like they're having a blast. Like, I, and I keep getting like bullied into trying it, bullied in a nice way. Obviously, she's trying this Dance Jam class and this woman is an amazing dancer. She's like, and, I'm, and I go in there and I come out feeling terrible, right? terrible <laughs> about myself because I am just not that dancer. Like I love to dance, but I can't follow this person. And I look around the room and I'm like, oh my God, you look so cute dancing. I feel like an oompa loompa, you know? So yeah, I need to know like that. I'm choosing not to go to that class because it doesn't make me feel good. Right. I'm not leaving there feeling good. Right. So it's not that I can't do it. I'm choosing not to do it because I don't feel good when I leave. Right. Yeah. And I think being honest with yourself on the things that you're choosing to do or not to do is going to help you find the right thing that you can stick with or the right thing that does feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another, and I, this is one of the things I tell my clients too, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but the shoulds, this is another word that I've taken out of my vocabulary. Mm. Well, I should like this class. Everyone's having really fun and like having a great time in there. And I really should do it. Because, you know, it looks like, you know, everyone else is doing it or I should feel, you know, I should feel like I want to, you know, go for a run or I should do this or I should do that. And what I say when I hear that a lot, (laughs) stop shooting on yourself, (laughs) right? (laughs) Shooting on yourself, right? I should have worked out longer. Okay, well, that's already done. You done the workout. You did something, which is amazing. Can we give it that? Right. I got up and did that 20 minutes. Who cares if it should have been longer or not? I should eat better. Right. Okay. So what are you going to do? This is like a should is used as like, yeah, I don't know. It's like a fluffy word, right? I should reminds me. And I think you and I talked a little bit about this is the phrase like I used to. Mm. I used to be able to eat whatever I want. I used to be Mm -hmm. thin. I used to be a size this. I used to. I used to. I used to. I used to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wrote a blog on with that title like years ago and I still feel like it's super relevant just obviously other things now other I used to I remember you writing that and I remember reading it being like yes like yes yeah because I you know at the time I was like early 30s and I think I referenced yeah I used to be able to eat a whole pizza by myself when I was in college I used to stay up until whatever time I used to like barely have I used to weigh 120 pounds soaking wet like Mm -hmm. I'm also not in college anymore. I, you know what I mean? 
you've had kids, you're getting, I mean, this is just like my body's changed. Like everything's changed. Listen, I'm almost 50, Nina. And you know, when I tell you things change, they change pretty quick. And it's hard to not go to, I used to be, and I used to have this, and I used to be in control of that, where I'll tell you where the peace is and where the happiness lies is today and right now in this very moment that I'm in. Yeah. Because when you are anxious, you're typically thinking about the future, right? When you're worried or anxious, you're typically thinking about the future. When you're ruminating and sad and, you know, just feeling down, you're usually thinking about the past mm. where, oh, I used to have all this time for that. I used to be able to do this. I, well, what, how is that helping you today? Right. The past is over. How is the past holding you back? And that's a question I ask all the time to clients. How is what you're saying used to what you've done in the past, how is that helping you today? And if it's not, then you need to try to do something or, you know, the offerings there to release that and just kind of say, you know what, that's the past. Like, this is who I am today. Now, what do I want to do to change what I can change today? Move forward. Yeah. Going forward, always moving forward. Mm -hmm. Anytime you hear a client keep referring back to this, I should have, I used to mindset and way of talking what are your tips for helping them break through that and like stop that habit? Yeah. So obviously I tell them to stop shooting on themselves for one thing, because it's not, (laughs) it's not helpful. It's not getting them to where they want to be. You know, that person that you talk about that used to person is not here right now, right? They're gone. So what is the person here sitting in, you know, or talking to me right now? What do they want? What do they need to do to get to the next level or the next, you know, personal best or their next job that they want or whatever it is? Like what, what does that person need to do to get to that point, right? Not the person that's already gone. And that's a lot about assumptions too. We assume we can't do something because of something that's happened in the past. Right. Well, you've changed a lot. You know, that person five years ago is no longer here. You are a stronger, more resilient, more uh, knowledgeable person than you were five years ago. So how can we draw from that person? Because that person five years ago didn't have all the stuff that you've learned since then. Yeah, that's a good point. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And before we wrap up, if you had one, two pieces of advice to give to your 30-year-old self, I'm going to say that was a long time ago. <laughs> I would say 30 year old self because 20 year old self, it's like whatever they're learning, they're exploring. Let, oh, man. let them do what they want to do. Order life crisis of the 25 year olds. You know? <laughs> hey, that was me. I went through one of those. Me. I went through many of them. That's okay. It's how we grow. So, what would be your biggest piece of advice to that person in their 30s? You know, because I feel like especially in your 30s, you're trying to find yourself. Mm. Um, You're trying to like learn and figure out who you are going to be as an adult or who you want to be. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that person? I think my biggest thing to say would, you know, that comes to mind for me is cut yourself some slack, right? Really give yourself a break. You don't need to do everything all at once. You don't need to, you know, and another part of that cut yourself some slack is I'm caring so much what other people think about you all the time. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so easy for me to say as, you know, I don't know about you turning 40, Nina, or if you're 40 yet, but like, as you get to like these milestone birthdays, I start shedding weight, like shedding, not physical weight. I start shedding weight of self, like people that are not making me happy. And if I could go back to my thirties, I would have done it so much earlier to care so much what everyone thinks because they're not living your life. They don't have to pay your bills. They don't have to wake up in your bed every morning. You do. Right. And, you know, by caring so much about what everyone says all the time and thinks about you or thinks about what you're doing, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And, you know, to step back from that and just look at, you know, where you've come from and where you are, 30 is a great time to really rediscover, like, what makes you happy. Yeah. And I always say I'm a recovering worrier because I used to worry, like, crazy. And it used to like, it just consumed so much of my time and energy that once I decided, I'm like, you know what? what am I worrying for? That is so far gone. I can't do anything about that. Right. So, you know, how is that helpful? So I think, you know, to kind of wrap up the two things that I would really would be to not care so much what people think and really just love yourself for who you are. I know that's difficult and some days are easier than others and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But live in the present moment. Like, who are you today? 
what can you do today to make this moment, this day, this week, really feel like you're accomplished and feel like you're deep down, like you finding that purpose and joy, right? So not thinking about so much tomorrow, not thinking about what's happened in the past, but kind of living in the moment, right? Being mindful of what you're feeling right now, because that's truly all we have control over is what's happening right now, right? Past is gone, future, we don't really know for sure what's going to happen when we can do things to plan, but right, you know, right now is what matters. No, I love that. And I can't help but to think since we're talking about just psychology and all that stuff is don't you think caring so much about what people think contributes to your limiting beliefs about yourself? A hundred percent. So I've spent the past, you know, and to be honest, like the past four years, just in this this coaching journey that I've been on, I have cared so much about what people think I put online and what people believe in what I do. And that I say, Oh, I'm a life coach. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, and I'm like, well, people are thinking that, you know, I think I know everything. And yeah. And I teach this, right. This is what I do for a living. And it's so easy to preach, but I'm so now I'm really feeling I'm starting to walk the walk and not care so much and not being so limited because of what I worry other people are. They're not living my life. Right? They're not the ones that are doing what I'm doing. They're not in my brain, right? So why, and it's something I taught when I was teaching the kids that I just, I'm like, I, I know it's hard to kind of comprehend right now as a middle schooler, right? Worst right. three years of your life, right? <laughs> that it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what you think and what you're doing to make yourself feel like your day has been fulfilled, right? I always say, you know, what do I want to feel like at the end of the day? Satisfied. I want to feel satisfied that I've done the things that I can do to make this day productive, you know, connect with the people I want to connect with and all that other stuff is fluff. Right. So yeah, that limiting belief of like caring what people think is exhausting. And the amount of energy you waste on that, you could put it towards something that really does matter, like your business, yeah, like your health, like anything that is draining your energy. Use it for things that you really are going to change your life for the better, because that isn't going to worrying about what people think. (laughs) And I know that was something I learned from you, Nicole, when we were doing like mentorship, life coaching together was this awareness of where my energy was going, Mm -hmm. like not realizing that like certain things were taking up Mm -hmm. a lot of bandwidth Mm -hmm. for me. And also certain things were contributing to me feeling exhausted like it wasn't right I wasn't exhausted all the time because um, I didn't get to sleep sometimes <laughs> I mean I have a little guy so sometimes right but some of it was more of like an energy drain yeah. energy stuff sure absolutely where my thoughts where I was engaging and putting all of my mental energy towards and then that affects everything else going on in my life mm-hmm. right that affects the way I choose to eat yeah, one of my conversations with you about that I remember clear as day, which I think is really a helpful conversation as far as what people think. I remember you when you, you know, you wanted to kind of go off on your own and do this business. And I was like, yeah, I just, I had a gut feeling that this was the right thing for you and that you were telling me all the things that you, and I heard it in your voice, right? Yeah. But, you know, I look at all these fitness people out there and I don't look like them and I don't have all the Lululemon like them or I'm not that kind of person. And I'm like, well, the people that are going to, be attracted to who you are and to your values and your mission are going to be the right people for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what those people are doing. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what clothes they wear. You're Nina. Nina has a style. Nina has an edge. And those are the people that you're authentically going to bring into your business. The people that want Nina. Yeah. Not that woman on Instagram that looks, you know, who knows how her life is beside behind that screen, right? You're going to attract the right people. That was a limiting belief for me. I legit remember thinking, but I'm not the type of fitness person who is. Yes, I remember the conversation. Sports yes. matching yes. leggings. Like that was in my head. Yes, yes. Like that was literally stopping yes. me from taking my business online. I don't wear matching leggings. <laughs> Right. And I said to you, you just need to be Nina. You just need to be authentically you. And then you attract the people that want to work with you. And like now that I like I'm literally laughing at myself because now I'm literally going, what the hell? Like I actually didn't 
almost take this step because I don't mm-hmm. matchy match my leggings and sports bras like the majority. Right. But that's how little it takes to derail a dream, right? Really that's does. how little it takes to derail like an aspiration, right? It doesn't take much, Nina. This is why I got into life coaching. Like it's so easy to derail and waste years of your life because of this one belief that you don't have matching leggings in a sports bra, right? Like, yeah. And I think that's where coaching is helpful is that I can say to you, well, Nina, that's not who you are. Right. And you need to hear yourself say it. Right. This is not the, the clientele I want to attract anyway. You said that. You're like, these are not the people that, you know, I want to people that are, you know, want to work hard and then want to work with me. And that, like, yes. Right. That's who your people are. That's who your business is going to be, you know? Yeah. And I think it's sad that, it takes such a little derailment to kind of almost not pursue this, Nina, because you're killing it. And I love everything you're doing. And I'm so proud of you. I can say this on this podcast because I'm that much older that I'm really proud of what you're doing. And I think you're helping a lot of people. And now I appreciate it. You know, think of it that way, right? If you hadn't done it, all these people wouldn't be helped by your energy and your teaching and your motivation and your programs, right? they would have missed out on. Well, and it's funny because obviously now thinking back, I'm pretty sure there's nobody watching my videos or looking at my social accounts going, oh, Nina doesn't wear the same. (laughs) Right? Right. I mean... That's like ridiculous. This is what our minds do. We go to what is, you know, the easiest thing to hold us back. And that was your easy thing to say, you know, I'm going to stay comfortable where I am because I don't, you know, I don't want to take this risk. But you did. You did. And you got past it. I feel like we could go on and on and on about this mindset stuff and like what truly holds us back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so important. It's so important. In the end, it's not the workout plan that holds us back. It's not the, you know, Mm -hmm. not having the perfect timing. It's all the things that we're telling ourselves. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we should definitely keep diving into this stuff. Yeah, man, I could go on and on for hours. If you get me started on this, this is, you know, and that shows, yeah. you know. Well, you know what? I I might reach out to you, Nicole, because as people throw in suggestions yeah. for the podcast, I am feeling like a lot of it is, um, mm. you know, mindset-based. Yeah. You know, a lot of it goes back to just what we're telling ourselves and how mm-hmm. to break free of those things. So mm-hmm. I know this was super helpful for me, even just as a reminder, even though I know we've talked a lot about this stuff, but just kind of, it's a practice, right? It's like, we're not ever going to get it perfect. We just have to keep practicing it. Absolutely. And that's with everything in life. You have to practice to have it become second nature, to have you not have to think so hard about Absolutely. it, right? That it just becomes a part of who you are. Yeah, Definitely. So Nicole, if someone wants to reach out to you personally for mindfulness, wellness coaching, or even for their organization, because yeah. you do workplace community programs as well, workplace environment. Yeah, happy to you know, do speaking engagements. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really excited to launch the Cultivate Wellness. So it's kind of a blend of the workplace and community curriculum that was given to me or kind of gifted to me by the Center for Resilience when they merged, which is amazing. I'm so honored and thrilled to be able to incorporate this into the coaching practice and the health and fitness world. The website will launch soon and it's called Cultivate Wellness RI. Yeah. So it's www.cultivatewellnessri.com. Plenty of ways to contact me on there. There's going to be, I'm going to add information and resources for things that you can kind of use for improvement or self-improvement or whatever. My email is Nicole at Cultivate Wellness ri.com. Super easy to remember. And my phone number is 401-330-0588. Also, I am on LinkedIn. I will be on LinkedIn through Cultivate Wellness or Nicole Grace. And Facebook will be also Cultivate Wellness and Instagram will be turning into Cultivate Wellness. So I'll be turning all my Nicole Grace coaching into the Cultivate Wellness world. So I'm super excited. Awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much. I want to throw in my very last story. My connection to Nicole is I did work under Nicole at the Rhode Island Blood Center for a long time. A couple of years. It was a couple of years. And then you had, you had Owen. And then, I had, and then I had the babies. Yeah. <laughs> even after Nicole was no longer at this organization, for the entire time I worked there, I can't even tell you how many people called me Nicole. Oh my gosh. We even look alike. I know. It's funny. That like for six years, people would be like, Nicole, Nicole. And like, I think while you were still there, I'd be like, no, Nicole is 
my, you know, my boss, like, nope, not, not the baby, she's not there. <laughs> and then, yes. And then after you left the organization, I just said, forget it. She's not even here. And they're still calling me Nicole. Like, <laughs> I just, I just let it go. I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> it's the brown hair, brown eye thing. You know, we have the yeah. same skin tone. I don't know. Right. I'm not Portuguese, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny because I'll never forget it. Like sometimes people will joke about like, what did people call you? Or how did people mess up your name? And I'm like, by calling me Nicole. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's so funny, Nina. No, no mispronunciation, just like a complete run. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I mean, I guess I made a lasting impact. I don't know. You did. You did. You made a lasting impact on my life. Well, you did as well, Nina, for sure. I and I still always tell people how, like, you're my mentor oh. because I feel like even when I get stuck now, I go back to some of the things we talked about. And even at times, I'm like, maybe I should schedule a call with Nicole because I need to get this like yes please I need to get it out of my head you helped me do that you're an amazing client you're an amazing client because you do you do hear yourself you have a great self-awareness and yes. that's really helpful right you're very self-aware and you're able to take what you say and put it into action and that makes my job really easy so <laughs> I'm like I'm just a guy like you do all the work right like I just like yeah, yeah I can hear it in your voice you want it sounds like you, you know, this is a great way for you to you know, blah 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 right so right you you did all the work Nina and you know this is I'm just so super proud of where you are and keep moving forward oh thank you you too Nicole I can't wait to hear more about cultivate wellness uh we'll have to do like a recap maybe like an update in a few months yeah I would love that hopefully it's good news <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you for being here. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina, or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.